0: Woven vines and leaves, green and growing. His hair was grass flowing to his shoulders, his eyes huge hazelnuts, his fingernails acorns. Green leaves made his tunic and trousers, seamless bark his boots. Butterflies swirled around him, lighting on his fingers, his shoulders, his face. Eye of the World, chapter 49.
1: Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. And I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today
0: we are doing, um, I just lost track of my thought. It says, (laughs) and today, ellipses. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Today is a surprise show Mm -hmm. with unknown content. We're just going to, we should do that. (gasps) Amber, we should do that. We should it's have people pressure. suggest topics and just and put just them in one? like a... Yeah. And then okay. we should just sit and talk about random topics and what we think about. I them. like that. That would like be that. really fun. But for today...
1: let's See those ellipses that made a whole new thing. A whole new thing. Whole and new I think I really
0: like it. Thank you, ellipses. You're so useful. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. But today what we're looking to do is cover the non-human characters in... The eye of the like in the wheel of time, but especially for the first half, it's going to be creatures that we've already come across in these first few chapters that we've covered. Few we've done like seventeen, right? Yeah, few these last few chapters. Anyway, there will be some light spoilers towards yeah, the if end.
1: You, if you haven't read Eye of the World all the way through, mm-hmm. I would wait for. I would wait to finish that before you join us on this episode. Yeah, you don't want to spoil yourself for all of this awesome creature feature. It's true extravaganza,
0: and we'll <laughs> give you a heads up before we head into that section, so you know when to. Unfortunately, uh, take your leave. I guess I don't know how to say that. Is that polite? I don't. You mean for the second half, welcome. or well, either one. Like, do
1: with the. Um, First half, if you haven't read Eye of the World, join us later. But if you've um, finished Eye of the World, I would say for the first half of this whole episode, you will be fine.
0: Okay. Um, there's okay. no
1: major spoilers in here. Okay. Uh, we will have a break. And then after the break, that'll be spoilers through up the end of the book.
0: So Of course, because we can't yeah. help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad that we cleared that up because I just wanted to make—I sh- don't want to give anybody the wrong information, and then they'd be sad, and maybe they'd be mad at us. And I don't yeah. want that. We like the people who listen to our podcast.
1: We love you. Don't leave us. Don't.
0: <laughs> Do we, we say nothing need? without you? Seriously, That's actually true. <laughs> I mean, as much fun as it is having these conversations, having people who actually listen to it, one, surprises me. Two, is totally awesome. Yeah, yeah. So starting off with constructs. Yeah, yeah. So looking up the various creatures that we chose to put on this show resulted in me finding a word that I think gives an accurate and really efficient description of each one of the characters that we're going to explain with the exception of the O'Gear. I have actually like when I wrote this I had not found an origin story yet but I have since then and it will be in the spoiler section and I'm really excited to talk about it because I think it's really cool. So we have that but the idea of constructs from the wiki wheel of time page says during the age of legends many different types of life were created using the power and technology the creation of such constructs was overseen by a strict code of ethics which made genetic alteration on living creatures above the level of plants
1: illegal illegal so the most famous of these constructs would most likely be the spawn, mm-hmm. but constructs for the light were created as well. So spawn, obviously, they're the baddies. <laughs> They've been created by Agonor, but they're also constructs that were created by Aes Sedai during the Age of Legends, and mm-hmm. today we are taking a little break from our long, arduous journey and settling <laughs> in for one of our beloved Westlands 101s. So hooray! hooray. <laughs> we are back because we love 101 so much. They're so much. fun, yeah. Today we're gonna kind of scratch beneath the surface, and we will cover Merdral, Trollocs, Drakkar, the Ogier, the Nim, and if you're still new to Eye of the World, we haven't gotten to the Nim or the Ogier yet. So this is gonna be a little bit of early knowledge, I guess. Yeah, a
0: little a little heads up to understand this creature that you'll be meeting later on. Yeah. Yeah, as is the intention with the majority of our 101s. You know, like, it's like a meet and greet.
1: Yeah, it's your little intro course.
0: Except it's done by two judgmental individuals (laughs) in a snarky kind of way.
1: (laughs) Who may or may not be drinking wine today.
0: (laughs) I actually, uh, last night when I was doing the Black Tower, uh, they were like, you brought tea, and I was like, "No, I have coffee." I mean, I should have probably had my lambic, but I was so You're tired like, last night. <laughs> You're like, "I'm not repeating that Tracy <laughs> with champagne oh, moment." <laughs> it, it may happen. It may happen when we record in the future with them, but last night, just too tired. Um, the very first big scary creature that we meet in the Eye of the World is. Are you ready? Can I just do the whole list?
1: Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay.
0: Merdral, Halfman, the Eyeless, Shadowman, Lurks in Tear, Fetches in Ilian, Fades in Andor, Nightrunners by the Aeol, never Neverborn by the Wolves. And I am sure I'm missing things, but for heaven's sake, mm-hmm. what the hell? So I suppose like the specific name for Merdral remains Merdral. Mm-hmm. But then all of these other monikers like they come from the regions where people live or like wherever the- you're
1: from that's how you're gonna say it
0: yeah and so in andor it's fades and i think that's how like matt Rand perrin the emmons field more votes. often
1: than not i call them fades because if i'm typing it's so much easier than my spell correct trying to yes murder murder into something <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> Agreed. I have
0: the exact same problem. And plus, two D's and two A's? Really? Yeah. Really? It's just... Okay. Fine. I get it. I get it. But sometimes I'm just like, gosh darn it. Why does he make it so difficult? (laughs) So anyway, this is just a thread that Jordan has where something is named this thing, but it's named another. And I know it can feel confusing when a bunch of different things are being sped out there. So I figured I would just... Put all of them out there. If we use them in various ways, I personally like Neverborn. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's such a the creep factor. Yeah, because like one of the questions that we've had about Merdral that sent us off on a really fun tangent in our Shadowspawn episode with Rob was, Merdral are born as a throwback to the human strain of the Trollic human. Stock. Exactly. Yeah. So it says that it is born that way, and we've asked, like, is there a nanny program for the Merdral? Is there a high school for the Merdral? Like, do they toddler Merdral are probably yeah. awful. Oh like, god, I can't. Terrible even twos. For- <laughs> <laughs> I will not play with my back and dark blade, mom. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> That's how that feels. Anyway, what. Well I think this implies by the wolves calling them that is maybe Murdral come about in a different way, but I just don't know. I just don't I just know.
1: feel like neverborn makes it feel like they are genuinely soulless. Like yeah. if you are neverborn, you will never die. It's like you have no soul. So if you can't you know what I mean? Like they can't really mm-hmm. die, they don't go anywhere. They're they're just, not really
0: part of the pattern.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's why
0: they can do some of the things they can do.
1: Or maybe they're all just cloned and they were never actually born.
0: Ooh. Okay, cool. We're going to I I put something in here later on too. I'm not quite sure where it is, but I I want to come I want to come back to that too. And for this, uh I I laugh at everything and sometimes that can be really uncomfortable. But what I wanted to remember is Amber, you being like, let's remember the creep factor of these creatures. And as much as the other shadow spawn, the constructs of the dark are scary and terrible, I honestly think the merdral might top the cake for just sheer wretchedness of what they are capable of. I mean, Trollocs are afraid of them. Trollocs. Mm-hmm. 10-foot-tall, half-human, half-beast, scary motherfucking Trollocs are like, oh, fuck, I'm a drawl, you know? Mm-hmm. So if Trollocs are afraid of them, I think we should all remember that we should at least be a little bit afraid of them, too. Um, and I know, like, this part really kind of made me feel a little bit nauseous, truthfully. Uh, in the wiki, it says, even though sterile, Merdrawl are inferred to be sadistic and rapacious toward women. As it is stated that women do not long remain sane in Merdrawl hands. And but, <laughs> right? I mean, they're supposed to look like a man. So, I mean, I don't know, it just it feels so uncomfortable. It make we can move on. It's making me feel sick. I can't think about that. Yeah. And this really is just one part that makes them really really terrible so I think we've already kind of covered that Mm -hmm. they're throwbacks to to Shadow Spawn and they are used to make the Trollocs stay in line and one of the things that I wanted to make sure that got mentioned was that with the the Merdral, it's mentioned that if the human strain has been made stronger so is the taint that twists the Trollocs because they're both kind of created in the same way and this sort of power stems from the dark one. And I know that information comes from Lan Mandragoran because it's written down here. I wouldn't know that otherwise. (laughs) Okay, so as far as appearance, you had said clones. And that actually makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense because all fates are identical, which is weird. But how? Like,
1: how? Mm -hmm. Does it just say identical looking or identical... Mm -hmm. I think it just says
0: identical end of story. They all look exactly the same. And they're always male in appearance, muscular and serpent quick with link black hair and waxy white skin. They have no eyes, but can see in quotations with Mm -hmm. perfect clarity. Their appearance never varies. See, never varies. They are always male in appearance with identical features and builds described as being like that of a tall man. I feel like some of that, was repetitive but that's what the the wiki article said about them they wear black armor with overlapping scales and black coat cloaks that do not stir in the wind which we have already observed like on our very first meeting of them it's one of the things that draws rand up short when he realizes that the cloak never moves in the wind their nails are strong enough to scratch wood is this really strong (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, my fingernails can scratch wood. That's what I was thinking too. I was, <laughs> and like, they're do my I real have... fingernails, not yeah. like some fancy gel. No, nails. me neither.
0: Like I put polish on my nails, but other than that, I mean, they're but really I do strong. Have,
1: I mean, I do have freak, freakishly strong fingernails. So I kind of feel the same way. Maybe I'm part merdral. I hope not. God, I was. I was just saying the same thing. I have my draw nails. I'm surrounded by wood right now, and I'm like, yep. I scratched it.
0: You're leaving this place behind. That's your mark. There yeah. you go. <laughs> someday, someday you will come back and be like, that little scratch there, that was me. <laughs> the I woman in the picture is mm. me. Okay, so appearance. We've gotten through this, what they wear, their nails, and I really... I. Sometimes I think I'm very clever. They are bad to the blood. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's bad, but it's funny. At least in my opinion. I feel like Rob would appreciate that as almost like a Tam joke. But their blood is acidic and will etch steel if it's not wiped off right away. So it's important if you have participated. Clean your sword, ladies and gentlemen. If you have survived, congratulations. Clean your sword. (laughs) That's what she said. Okay, abilities. They can fade. Ha ha. I'm just full of it. I'm full of like <laughs> stupid, terrible puns apparently, even in my writing. They can fade into shadows. One of the chapters last week that we did said something about how the shadows reached out to embrace the Madral and he disappeared. And I just was like, oh, I'd wonder what a wonderful way to describe that. I really, mmm, chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no one really knows how they do this how they're able to do it. Um, there's a theory that they're slightly out of phase with time and reality. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about how like the wolves call them never born. So maybe if they're never born and they are truly soulless and they're not part of the pattern, they have this ability to kind of like fade in and out of it. And I just think that that's, that's really interesting. And Aganor in his, we might talk about this later, I'm not quite sure, but Aganor in his creation of the murder all killed like, thousands of them trying to figure out how they were able to do the things that they were able to do and was never able to figure it out. One of the things that is another mystery to me is they are extremely skilled with a blade but not quite skilled enough to defeat a blade master. Apparently they just stop there. That's their maximum level, but I don't know how they become blade masters. Are they born blade masters? Do they train as blade masters? Is they're a trollic
1: lead Can you imagine there? what sad Forsaken is in charge of like training the merdrawl Because aren't like half of them blade masters anyways? Yes. Shit. Can you can you imagine uh Demondred or Ishamael? Ishamayel. Ishamayel. Like,
0: yeah. It's like <laughs> this, damn it. How many times do I have to tell you? This is not kissing the adder! You got it all wrong.
1: <laughs> Balefire, Balefire, Balefire.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh. So that's another thing. Like, how did they gain that skill? But it's, it's left to...
1: open-ended, yeah. It really
0: is, because I, I just don't know. And they have the ability to lead in battle and are better tacticians than... And this is another place where an ellipsis is handy because I don't really know who they would technically better be better tacticians than. I don't know. Uh, so that kind of...
1: Like any old random person off the street? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, They're better me? tacticians than n- the Trollocs? Because if that's the case, that's really right. just not saying a whole lot. Right. And this literally made me laugh out loud. Because in the wiki, it states, for some reason, they're reported to lack a sense of humor by both light and dark. And I'm just like, How? How? Who sat you, down the like... Whoever
1: wrote this wiki article, like, come on. I have just, so many on.
0: questions. I have so many questions. It's <laughs> no, just but so like funny. Can you, then,
1: that, that has to be quoted somewhere in the book. Like, those dang draw sure do lack a sense of humor by both light and dark. Like, and that's what they decided. Like, I'll put this oh, in. Put very this descriptive, in there. very informative. <laughs> Yeah. It just
0: makes me laugh to think about like someone sitting down with the Madral and being like, so I'm scared shitless, but, but i really like to know.
1: Can I test these few jokes out on you, please?
0: Why did the chicken
1: cross the road? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like shaking yeah. and terrified. Like who decided that? OK, I'm sorry. I'm done. It just there are just some things that you kind of have to laugh at uh weaknesses there are not many listed this is another one that i think is kind of funny the thing that scares a medral is moving water this is its downside it so does it never go on a boat does it like when they have to cross the ferry is this something where they have to make themselves do it and what kind of pep talk do they give themselves well to they get usually the ferry? just they
1: usually just mush the trollocs across you know what yeah, i mean
0: but they have to cross too
1: do they? Like if they can just send oh. their trollocs as an attack, you know?
0: Yeah, and if they can use shadows to move, they could probably just like pick out any random shadow and be like, see you guys on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> just like, float across. <laughs> Peace. Okay, no, cool. Well That's, this is another I
1: like that Ooh, I can't bring this up because yeah, I'm writing this down for later. Ooh, yay. Okay. Continue. So Well Sorry. While
0: you no no no, it's fine. So just to kind of wrap this up, the one last thing that I wanted to mention about them is that they thrash around and refuse to die. It's very difficult to kill a Murdra. They are blade masters, but they also don't die from a direct hit, if that makes sense. Like if you mm-hmm. stab him in the chest straight to the heart, doesn't matter. It's still going to move around. The best way to do it is to behead a. Tr- mm-hmm. um, the Murdral, excuse me. They're so
1: gross and wiggly. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. And then can you imagine, like, you behead
0: the, the Mirdral and all of the Trollocs then start thrashing around, too. Like, it would probably be just as dangerous trying to walk out of there to get out as it was to fight in the first place. I wonder, sounds terrifying. I wonder if on the TV
1: show, like, if they are hiring mm. large groups of people to do... <laughs> Like the thrashing, to do, <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine walking in on this interview and being like, okay, now thrash around a little bit on the ground. They're <laughs> like doing I just the worm. <laughs> want to see
0: if you can flop the way we want you to. <laughs>
1: like a fish out of water. <laughs> Hired. Okay.
0: Success. Um, they can also sense channeling. It feels like an itching on their skin
1: they got the itch
0: yeah their skin prickles i feel my skin itches human
1: yeah
0: <laughs> I, pro- I will probably take that out because that was just graphly and gross all right but... <laughs> bring it in bring it in okay so they can sense channeling is there anything of importance other than all of these things
1: if if it comes to me later on, I will jump in. But right at the moment, I can't think of anything.
0: Okay, great. Then Trollocs.
1: Okay, so this is something that we have talked about again on our Shadowspawn episode with Rob from Talk. Ta- Malchier Talks. Mm-hmm. And um, Trollocs are the body of a man, head feet of an animal, usually eight feet, circa 243 centimeters. <laughs> um, they can see in the dark, can't swim, hate water, like to kill, think it's fun, <laughs> terrified of Merdral. And the origin story for the Trollocs are that these are another construct created by the psychopath Aganor, It's really just a bit of a creep, this guy. So he somehow managed to breed animals with humans to create a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm sure you wrote this in here. Would you like to?
0: (laughs) I actually would. I actually Mm -hmm. would. Because this kind of goes back to what we were saying about maybe the Murdral were cloned. Mm -hmm. So I am not sure I want to think about the specifics of an animal Mm -hmm. human crossbreeding it's disturbing pretty much any way you look at it unless like during the age of legends there was a way to use the power to maybe artificially inseminate someone Mm -hmm. i mean they could do all kinds of things maybe it was just like a Wave of the hand and all things happen, and now you're pregnant. I don't know. I just don't oh god, know. that's
1: awful. Can you imagine if you're a male ch- channeler, you could just be like impregnating the world? <laughs> okay, so let's let's hope that's
0: not actually how that happens. I'm sure it isn't, but I just it's I such feel a like terrible this is more of
1: Aganor doing like test tube trials. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. They were. I'm sure they were so advanced in that age, like they didn't have to actually use physical physical bodies people. Of people. That's kind of yeah. what
0: I'm definitely hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. Good. Okay.
1: Cool. Me too.
0: <laughs> Aren't you glad we took that disgusting path to talk about how? Yeah. But I feel like it's one of those things to recognize because it is—it's the creep factor, it's the horror of it. In some mm-hmm. ways, it's the not knowing, and, and
1: sometimes it's so subtle in, within this series that you—you'll mm-hmm. read over something like that and you don't even think about it. So eh, I really yeah.
0: had it like initially reading it, but then when you dig into it and you'll go, "Wait a minute!" You
1: force yourself to think about it. Ugh. Very ugh. So. <laughs> The Trollocs are generally used in battle and controlled by a Fade. And the Fade mm-hmm. kind of acts like a musher, like on a dog sled team. Like they really drive this. the Trollocs forward and they mm-hmm. will control their own fist of Trollocs. And I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting that Trollocs have their own like name for a group, like a mm-hmm. murder of crows, mm-hmm. a pack of lions, a fist of Trollocs. Yeah. So they will, you know, force these Trollocs forward into battle. And as we see in Eye of the World, when a Fade is killed, the fists of Trollocs all drop to the ground and they're writhing in pain and eventually die. Mm -hmm. And as Tom Marilyn states that it can take a full day for them to quit thrashing Mm -hmm. and finally die. And just randomly, the other day, I was on Twitter and Pips had wrote... (laughs) on Twitter, Trollocs are gross. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> and I died. <laughs> and wandering world, world Hopper responded. That's Micah responded. That was inspirational.
0: <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I for well, some odd reason now I'm taking that image of Pips from Twitter and putting like a a stage mic. On there. Yeah. Like just a, like how they do for a TED Talks. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Thank you and for
1: providing us with a TED Talk. Yeah, and I mean the Trollocs are just these are really this is one of the this is one of the shadow spawn that some people feel was really kind of in the beginning, super scary, so hard mm-hmm. to kill, and then mm-hmm. as time goes on Mm-hmm. It became a little bit of, like, a red coat, like, just yes. fodder for yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> for some, you know, for a big army or... Yeah, for battle. For battle scenes. Mm-hmm. Meet for the machine. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I agree to an extent, but, yeah, they kind of... It, it would be hard to have all of these battles if the Trollocs stayed as... Ferocious and deadly as they are in the very beginning, because mm-hmm. it, it would be so hard to kill them. But maybe I, I should.
0: I actually have a thought on that. You
1: gonna write it down for later? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll keep going into the jacar. Yeah, then. Yeah, go so for it. I know Drakkar, how much you love
0: the jacar. I do.
1: I this do. Is, this I love is your them. Love,
0: this is your love note to the jacar, Amber. Go it for
1: is. it. It is, and I, I mean, it's not. It's not that I think the actual creature is awesome, but Mm -hmm. I really like the inspiration behind them, I think is what sticks out to me. So they appear as humanoid with leathery wings that kind of feel like bat wings. Mm -hmm. And they were used as assassins from above and kind Mm -hmm. of like lookouts. Mm -hmm. So they will... You know, they'll fly around and look down and report back to the draw what they see and what's going on. And this is established very early in Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. And I personally enjoy the concept of them because they are mostly defenseless and they're not mm-hmm. a strong fighter by any, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're grouping the Shadow Swan up, the Drakar are really just... You know, you, you they can take an arrow, they're down, that's it. End I kind of almost feel sorry for them.
0: Right? Like, can you imagine being a Drakkar among all of the other really deadly things that are there and being like, well, I can sing real good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. Please all don't got. shoot me with arrows. <laughs> and they're all, like, Drakkar, why are you always flying above the moon where everyone can see you? Where like, stay in the shadows, dummy. Exactly. They saw you. They now know. Yeah. That was dumb. Stay out of these two rivers areas. You know how good they are with a longbow. No kidding, right? So Robert Jordan borrowed from Greek mythology to make something kind of entirely his own. Mm -hmm. So the Greek sirens use a beautiful song to lure sailors to their deaths. Mm -hmm. And the image of sirens have changed throughout the ages, ranging from... Half women, half birds to half women, half fish mm-hmm. two dainty little birds with the face of a woman, which <laughs> is very creepy. <laughs> yes, it is. Yikes. But in the Wheel of Time, the jacar appear as something much more sinister. Mm-hmm. They have unnaturally large eyes, pale, pale skin, mm-hmm. bright red lips, hiding sharp pointed teeth, Ugh. dark shoulder length hair. And a pair of cloak-like wings that can conceal their apparent their their appearance, mm-hmm. but once they open, they show off like frail, tiny little T. Rex arms. <laughs>
0: that's what I think of every time. Like my my arms come up and my hands kind of curl, and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, tiny T. Rex." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I think of.
1: And I mean, they're almost vampiric in appearance.
0: Mm-hmm. I so, think so.
1: But instead of a vampire that drinks blood, they actually consume something way worse. Right. (laughs) So their ability to fight is really not much of anything. Mm, mm -mm. They, like we said, are just kind of like scouts from Mm -hmm. above. Mm -hmm. But they do have this hypnotizing skill and their deadly twisted token of affection (laughs) this is like the dracar's kiss kind Mm -hmm. of and this is also something that kind of reminds me of the mythology and the backstory of vampires like Mm -hmm. it's like look into my eyes (laughs) do you know what i mean i'm hypnotizing you (laughs) yes
0: you will bend to my will and not resist me at all yeah come to me yes exactly yeah
1: so, they have this ability to suck a person's soul out mm-hmm. while filling them with bliss. Mm-hmm. And it appears that they're actually kissing the victims, but in fact it's just, you know, sucking out their soul and leaving them an empty husk of a meat sack. Mm-hmm. So, after yes. de- devouring their soul, it will drain the life out of their victim as well. Mm-hmm. And the origin it's Like the
0: life is dessert. Soul. Yeah. Soul first, honey. Can't just dive right in for their life force, soul right? first, right? <laughs> That's life force is mom. dessert.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the origin of the jakar is that they were originally humans, but corrupted by dreadlords who used the one power on them to turn them into shadow spawn. Mm-hmm. So technically, I think this might be one of the only shadow spawn that. I think it is. That's not an Aganor creation. Yeah, unless Aganor played some part in the channeling with the Dreadlords. You know, I, who, who, we don't know who Maybe came th- up with the idea behind this whole was. It was Landfear. It was Landfear land going, I can do it better. Fucking Aganor.
0: <laughs> your stupid fucking Trollocs. I hate them. And those yeah. Madral? Gross. It's yeah. something that people are... Drawn to like me, Mm -hmm. that's what that's what Lanfear thought. Lanfear made it. We just didn't know it until now. Kissing the victim, filling them with bliss. Unnaturally large eyes, pale skin, shoulder-length dark hair. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm. I kind of like this wacky theory.
0: (laughs) Bring me all the ones that look slightly like me.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you imagine? She's like set. That would be like a nice, uh, a nice. Grendel could set up her own salon be like, okay, Drakkar, now we've got some nice pink lips for you. The hair is a little long and scraggly. We're going to go shoulder length. Very nice. Very nice. Okay.
0: But you're going to need to come in every four to six weeks because this style needs to be maintained.
1: (laughs) You have split ends. It is terrible. How about a nice hot oil treatment while you wait? Um... So, yeah, this is basically, mm. I think we can end it off there. The <laughs> are are somewhat in between a vampiric siren, mm-hmm. which is which is weird. they're yeah, they're, they're it's kind a, bit, of a mixture
0: i I know that you haven't read Harry Potter, and I really feel a little bad whenever I bring up a Harry Potter reference. Oh, it's okay, please, <laughs> but this one is such a clear Harry Potter connection because you have the dementors who Mm. they refer to it as the dementors kiss and they suck your soul out of your body and then you die. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure even if you, you survive that somehow you're like exactly like you would be with the after effects of a car. You would be less than human. If you managed to survive it,
1: I want to suck your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, like this, just it feels like it's something that gets
1: used in various storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, yeah. I'm, there's, there's got to be tons of, you know, crossovers into literature of creatures that do something yeah. similar.
0: Well, in like, uh, what is it? In the incubus, and what's the female version? Succubus yes yeah that's very similar only in that one it's female and male okay an interesting one i'm pretty sure like i believe incubus is male and succubus is female but yeah across mythology across cultures it sometimes makes me wonder if any of these things actually ever existed and part of me always wants the answer to be yes (laughs) yes (laughs) there really were unicorns there really were leprechauns there really were fairies i want to believe that that was the world we once inhabited Mm -hmm. don't tell me it's not true i love this
1: ogier opening that you wrote should i you want me to start us off with that yes yes please
0: yes please okay
1: so (laughs) the ogier are such a beloved creature within the wheel of time series but you know, long before Shrek was thrust upon us, Robert Jordan oh, Shrek. Took, this, yeah, took this ugly, unintelligent, baby-eating creature and then kind <laughs> of flipped the narrative. And he uh-huh. made his ogre a gentle-natured book lover. Mm-hmm. And there's always this duality within the book. So despite looking monstrous and occasionally being confused for Trollocs, the Ogier are generally peaceful and just kind mm-hmm. of have a great love for nature. And they live really long lives in mm-hmm. their happy little steadings. So, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're not the mean, scary Ogir from, Mm-mm. I guess, uh, from what we have in our own histories, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. what is this? Not cryptozoology, I guess, <laughs> mythology probably more mm. mythology
0: it would just be a guess i don't really know <laughs> mm. yeah what i one of the things that i thought was really interesting when i was looking into this is how much larger the studdings were than i had thought they were mm. like i want to say it it's an estimated like 10 to twelve thousand ogear per studding and I don't know why I just thought of it being so much smaller. I mean, that's still not a whole lot, but I was thinking more hundreds, not thousands. So that was something that I thought was kind of interesting. And there are do way want, more settings than I thought. Do you want to
1: keep going from here? And then I'll, there's a little bit just oh, sure. towards the end that I kind of wanted to talk about. But for the O Yeah want to sure. switch back and forth.
0: Yeah, so they're generally uh, really reluctant to get into human problems and politics, which is why you really don't see them around very often, and which is why when people see them, they're scared and think that
1: they're trolls. Trollic! Yeah! Trollics! <laughs> <sighs> so unfortunate (laughs) these Um, poor ogier like right not again this is why i don't leave home
0: exactly this is why i stay in the studying with my books they do seem to value unity and hate violence but despite this ogier were and are regarded as fearsome warriors um
1: i think i i'm not 100 sure if they were in the war of power yeah, I don't know but either. The Trollic Wars, I'm for sure.
0: Yeah. They they battled in there. They threw down. The, it, yeah. <laughs> they went and fought. Sometimes they just sound really stupid. <laughs> I didn't think so at all. Oh thank you. <laughs> uh so we have let's see here. Oh, did you want to take this on there the groves Keep, and whatnot? Go-
1: Keep going. Okay. I I'll jump in
0: when you a little when bit you later. Okay, cool. So the setting creates or actually the ogre setting connection creates this thing that's known as the longing among the <laughs> Ogier, where if they stay away too long they start to feel it. And it's not immediately deadly, but if an ogir can't get back to a setting it will kill them. So they have this very strong connection. They start to feel pulled back. And we see that in the Wheel of Time series as well. So it's something that I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. Let's see here. Did I say all of that? Oh, I love this. So you cannot use the one power in settings. Mm -hmm. And during the breaking of the world, there were men who could channel who sought refuge in settings because they couldn't channel. They could feel the one power, but they couldn't channel it. But for people who can channel, they feel almost like a longing to be able to channel Mm -hmm. again. And so they eventually would leave, even though they knew it was going to lead to their eventual demise, and death. Yeah. So nice place to hang out. Unless you're a channeler, it sounds like. Like, it usually feels really peaceful. It gets mentioned that, like, you feel a little less tired when you're in a setting. Like, everything just feels kind
1: of calm and relaxed. And I mean... There's kind of this aura of tranquility once you enter a setting.
0: You know what? I kind of wonder if it has... Yeah. Like, if it has something to do with the fact that they live for centuries, maybe you just take things a little slower. When you know you have centuries to do other things. I, I love that. I, I want to talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. I think that's everything that I had. Oh, no, no, nope no, nope, because I'm forgetting <laughs> like one of the coolest and best things about them, which is that they are builders. They are builders. Oh, gear builders. I love the descriptions of the buildings in particular in Tarvalon, where... Every building that's created by an ogir is different and somehow kind of reflects the trade or intention Mm -hmm. of the building itself. So I think there was one that was shaped almost like the waves of the ocean for one of the buildings or something. But their stonework is known worldwide. And to have something that's Ogier built means the best you have yeah. the absolute best. There's nothing that gets better than ogear buildings. So just to know that. And then the last thing is their ability to sing to trees. So there are things that will later on get talked about as like sung wood. So ogear have the ability to sing to a tree. And instead of having, this is incredible to me, instead of having like, something sharp to smooth it down it's their song that transforms the wood into what they want it to be and that's pretty
1: cool i mean that sounds kind of
0: handy yeah i I need a chair
1: oh right right (laughs) there's i mean there are places in the world where they have like living bridges where Mm -hmm. they will take vines that have been growing for years and years and years and like weave them to a point where the bridge is actually just like living vines. That's amazing. And it, it always kind of made me think of O'Gear or mm. something that we can talk about later because I don't want to get too spoilery. <laughs> but it's that's kind of how I always imagined Menethrin, mm. where all of these buildings were kind of built like into a cliff face a mm-hmm. little bit. And I just feel like it would look like it was so one with nature that the stones, you wouldn't be able to differentiate, like this building would look like it had grown Mm -hmm. out of the land. And I just think that that's so beautiful sounding and something I'm really, really, really looking forward to with the TV show just to see how they come up with. What's Tarvalen going to look like? Will we get a flashback of Minetherin? Yeah. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of those things would be really cool. They would be really beautiful to see. I also love the idea of buildings. I mean, as we've talked about, we're both pretty big fans of... Various forms of
1: architecture. Yes. So the
0: buildings and the <laughs> the landscape, the scenery is going to be every bit as important as
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm I can't wait.
0: I <laughs> I'm I can't so excited. wait.
1: If even if the show is awful, I don't think it's going to be awful. But even if it was, and it gave me a couple nice, beautiful things to look at, I would be like, okay, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. I'd be happy. But I think but, that's everything.
1: Yeah. There was something that I kind of wanted to throw in here, and this is kind of going back to the O'Gier and their buildings. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think it's really important to talk about how how well versed Robert Jordan is in all of this weird occult stuff.
0: And I love
1: kidding. Yeah, kidding. I love that he borrows from mythology, but I'm always floored by how well-versed he is in it. Agreed. Because this is just, he had to have been collecting things that interested him for years and years and years and compiling all of it. And if you go back to the 1300s, this is when the first illustration of Stonehenge was found. And it actually depicts a giant or an ogre assisting Merlin, the magician, and he's lifting up – this ogre is lifting up a heavy stone and assisting Merlin, like, making Stonehenge. Oh, I love it. And I truly, truly believe that Robert Jordan was inspired by possibly this artwork and some of the megalithic sites created, you know, around the world Mm -hmm. for his – waygates and his mm-hmm. portal stones. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these myths around megalithic sites revolving around magic mm-hmm. and the Breton people, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, were a Celtic group native to Brittany, mm-hmm. and they believed that giant ogres were the builders of megaliths and these dolmens. Thank you, Santi, for double-checking my French (laughs) translation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you, Santi. Yeah, thank you. And it's just a really nice tie-in because in this old manuscript from – it's called uh, Roman de Brut Hmm. from the poet Wace, Stonehenge is created by a giant and a magician. And this is just like how Robert Jordan in The Wheel of Time had the Ogier – and the male channeler building the way gate together. Mm -hmm. So a giant and a magician, an ogre, and a channeler. That's so cool. That's so cool. Very interesting stuff.
0: See, this is why I really think maybe all of those things were real at one point. Who knows? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Who knows? And at the same time, like the Arthurian legend that we recognize and think about is... Fiction, you know, hey, it's it another- be based slightly on real things, but maybe at that point they were like, How else would you get it built like that, Stonehenge? Oh, 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 obviously, really, really tall-y, tall, tall, tall humanoid creatures. That is obviously how Stonehenge yeah. was built. Add it to the thing, toss Merlin in there for good effect. Excellent. Right? I just loved your lick off of the last drop from your yeah. wine bottle. <laughs>
1: This is why I honestly believe he was inspired by this artwork, because Robert Mm -hmm. Jordan has so many tie-ins to Arthurian Mm -hmm. legend, Mm -hmm. and how many connections are there to Merlin? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not... It it could be a wacky theory, but I'm standing my ground. I believe it. No, I dig
0: it. I think... Yeah, I feel like I had something that I was gonna add to that and I don't remember what it
1: was. I'm so sorry. No 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 I no I distracted no, no. you with licking it, my wine it. bottle.
0: No. <laughs> no, it was a thought it was a thought that came off of what you were just saying, but I don't Oh well, whatever. If I think about it again later. Arthurian
1: legends, legend. Merlin.
0: Yep. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. You're the fucking best. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but now will I remember after getting excited about remembering? I do. (laughs) (laughs) You won't laugh anymore. You'll forget again. This is my life. So I think the thing that shows up in Jordan's writing is a draw to medieval knowledge. And that 1100 to 1300 range really seems to be where he's most comfortable in as far as a lot of the things go that would have happened during that time period and there are things that i question like how quickly uh marinel veer got her laundry done for tam like
1: how did (laughs) she get that
0: done that was so fast and you were running around doing other things no nope that's not medieval laundry that's magic You know, but that's that's the way it feels. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is that that's another area that I really love studying because it's it does still feel so filled with magic. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel like you have this melding of religion yeah. and paganism and
1: spiritualism. so <laughs> He was really Fuck like a life. student for all of this Absolutely. knowledge that's out there. And that's just like these megaliths and these dolmen like mm-hmm. thrown everywhere across the world. You can find them in on like every continent. Mm-hmm. And how many weird stories did people have like pre-modern people to be like, well, those were clearly created mm-hmm. by some mythical creature yep. and they clearly have magical properties. And mm-hmm. then Robert Jordan is like, I'm going to create this uh, <laughs> th- this group of stones that you walk through and then you are mm-hmm. transported to another place. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yep. No, I love that. I really do. Arthurian legend in that whole area has always been something that I've been really fascinated by and the idea that you know Avalon is a place that's of the world but not of the world and lays on a plane that you aren't given access to unless it's been granted and Mm -hmm. this feels like that in so many ways I love that you picked that up I think that's wonderful yeah that was super fun yay yay (laughs) yay (laughs) so Nim and the green man yeah. So You're earlier go we did it? I I already am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm finally waking up at least a little bit. Uh, so the Nim and the Green Man that was the the quote from earlier that we read was about the Green Man and the Green Man's parents. The Nim and the Green Man are the same thing, right? Like that's yes. just Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I hadn't missed anything. But the NIM are definitely a really good example of a construct done that its use was for good. It, they mm-hmm. wanted to create something that would assist with growing, and that's what the NIM are. And they have that.
1: Um, because during the age of legends, you know, Aes I actually cared if people died of <laughs> hunger. So they created <laughs> things to assist the world assist. in a good way.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so you have these nim who look like human plant hybrids with sprouts of plants for hair and they were very large even larger than the ogier which i think Mm -hmm. is funny i think that there's a description at some point where it's like if the ogier made men look like children the green man made the ogier look like children in comparison and i just think that's amazing to like big um they were essentially used as agricultural workers, side by side with Ogier and the Deshann, Deshain, Deshain,
1: Deshain. I have no Aiel? idea. Neither do I.
0: <laughs> uh, Age of Legends. I said I actually cared about people starving. Uh, oh, you well. already said that. <laughs> <laughs> so the plant plant life around a Nim will become abundant and flourish like
1: mm-hmm.
0: i kind of i just kind of think about what that must look like where everywhere you go something becomes green and flowering and i love the idea of the butterflies landing. i want that to be
1: me me Damn too it.
0: halloween i'm gonna be a nim for green. halloween <laughs> <laughs> i need to figure Fine, out do i guess still... i'll be an
1: ogre. <laughs> but Ogres. a sexy ogre. Oh grass! No, if you do (laughs) that,
0: you have to wear like an apron and have a wooden spoon, so you can be the the. Oh no! I was thinking Trollocs. I'm such a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you! Not again. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So we have this. This magical creature, again, but a construct that's not killing everything in sight, actually makes things grow, so that's nice. They took part in seed singing, so like we were talking about earlier, which is a magic system separate from channeling. And so this is something more like a capability that the Nym would have, the Ogier would have, and some humans would have, but not all humans. Mm -hmm. And so it's mentioned that Luce Theron had the ability to use Songs of Growing, as well as the Ogier and the Nym, so he would have been present at one of these singings so that he could add his voice. And singing and songs and voices and stuff are important in the Wheel of Time.
1: So yeah, the yeah, gr- the the uh, the the Nym would do like a little—I don't know, like a little jig down the line of like dirt where they had. Plant- I'm I'm not making this up. Where they had planted things. It's and the then image. these the lines image. of Yeah, and then these lines of crops would be like bug resistant or drought resistant. Dang. So that's just incredible. Because it does get mentioned that like in the Age of Legends
0: nobody starved. They didn't really understand and recognize murder or homelessness. Things like that. It just seemed mm-hmm. like a ridiculously utopian world. And now they have these giant plant producing creatures that just right. like do the charleston along and like i don't know maybe it's upbeat it's kind of fun i'm dancing no one can see this and i'm all right with it yeah i mean other than you it's just for you i see
1: it as kind of like a stomping action Ooh, yeah yeah is
0: is that what this one is
1: Hmm. wheel of time on prime (laughs) please hire me for your nim dance production Wheel of Time the musical. <laughs> yeah, Wheel of Time the musical.
0: <laughs> no one, no one knew that that needed to happen, but now it definitely does. <laughs> who do we? Who do we know? Who do we know? Mm-hmm. Who do we know?
1: Who do we know? I, I to think- choreograph this <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs>
0: and score it, and come up with lyrics, and costumes. <laughs> we'll sit back and laugh. You guys yeah. can just handle everything else. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. <sighs> Wheel of Time the Musical. Okay. There's, like, kind of these various sounds of music, like, going through my head, because, like, I mentioned the Charleston, oh, so I've got, it's... like, that jazzy 20s sing vibe, and then you say stomping, so I'm thinking, like, not necessarily. What, what would be a stomping dance? Like,
1: I feel What's like that, it would be you, like. You know, what was that one thing where it was like on Broadway and they just like drummed on a bunch of shit? Like trash cans. I think cans. it was actually
0: called Stomp. stomp. Oh <laughs> my God, it's so dumb. No way, dude. I forgot it too.
1: Do <laughs> well, you remember that thing where they stomp on things? What was that called? i can't breathe okay uh, the nim uh, so the lucerne could do singers a singers of time of, yeah songs of growing the ogier and the nim could do songs of growing mm-hmm. and then how that relates back to the green man is that the green man in the eye of the world is actually the last living known nim mm. so so very sad very sad and we're at an hour, and we're going to take a break. And after break the break, time. we are coming back with all of our spoilery stuff. So, mm-hmm. so all the times you've heard us say
0: we were going to say something, but we weren't going to say it, that's going to come up after the break. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'll call you. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I came back, and all my screen was slid in the wrong way. And I was like, did I lose her?
1: You're right there. Hi. Hello, and welcome back <laughs> to the hey. Death Watch Guard. Now everything's a musical.
0: <laughs> Wheel of Time, the musical. You need to like send that out into the universe and see what happens. This way, if the show doesn't take off, at least the musical might do well. <laughs> I guess depending. Um,
1: <laughs> it would be oh my gosh. eight hours long. Oh,
0: it would have to be at least. Everybody comes in and they get like a cozy chair and a blanket. <laughs> a <bed. laughs> get comfy, guys. This is gonna be a long one. Okay, but yeah, O gear,
1: the O gear, yeah. So we are kind of, I kind of shuffled things around to the spoiler section because the Death Watch guard shows up much later in the series, mm-hmm. and that's true. So the Death Watch guard is consisted of Ogier gardeners in the Shan Chan lands. And Mm -hmm. I love the quote, to anger an Ogier and to pull the mountains down on your head. So Mm -hmm. we've said earlier on that despite the Ogier within the Westlands being very gentle and bookish, They Mm -hmm. do have a fearsome reputation when it comes to battle. And then when we go to Mm -hmm. Chen lands, we've got the Death Watch Guard. And these creatures, oh, okay. So the Ogier have these like bug-like helmets that they share Mm -hmm. with their human counterparts in the Death Watch Mm -hmm. Guard. But the Ogier in the Death Watch Guard are actually called Ogier Gardeners, which is kind Mm -hmm. of like this... Bastardization of, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to call ourselves gardeners, but we are ruthless, fearsome warriors. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And
1: the Ogier themselves are not slaves, but the human counterparts of the Death Watch Guard are Daco Vale. So the -hmm. humans are slaves. So that's kind of a weird mashup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Ogier, like mm-hmm. volunteered? I do.
0: I mean, like maybe they were feeling angsty. Well, yeah. Couldn't find a setting, needed to like fill that void somehow. Well, there's, we're,
1: like- there's many settings in Sean Chen to the point where they can like ah. travel where they don't get the longing. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, okay. So okay. maybe
1: I, I've. Got, so, not even there. Yeah, I've got maybe an idea, but I'll get to it later. And what's interesting is I think Robert Jordan might have drawn inspiration for the name of the Death Watch Guard from a beetle, because the Death Watch Guard has this oh. weird, strange, bug shaped helmet, and uh-huh. there's something called a Death Watch Beetle. And mm. it again has this weird occult misconception as being the harbinger of death, because of mm. the noise that it makes. It's kind of like this faint ticking clock. So if mm-hmm. someone was dying or bedridden in a quiet room, and you heard this ticking noise, you would be like, "Uh oh!" Like
0: my time is yeah, running little out. Timmy.
1: I'm sorry, but yeah, <laughs> and
0: it's just your time, right?
1: And this is, I mean, this. Noise from this beetle is referenced in many pieces of literature from Thoreau mm-hmm. to Edgar Allan Poe and Mark Twain. So I don't think this is a coincidence. I'm sure Robert Jordan kind of like pulled from places and was oh, like, absolutely. this sounds creepy and cool. We're just going to go with it.
0: Do you think he kind of like chuckled to himself as he wrote things like yes, this? Yes, I do. It was like, hee hee hee, let's see if anyone gets this reference. Right? You know? Do you think that he was like... I don't know. I think I would be that way. I would be like, let's see if anyone gets this. And too, Where did I get all the ideas from Yeah, like,
1: I'm just... I'm always shocked by it, like I said, with how well-versed he seems and all of this weird kind of, like, occult stuff because we're talking, Mm -hmm. like, early days of the internet and this wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, something that, you know, you don't have, like, Wikipedia at your fingertips.
0: I was going to say, there are no Wiki pages. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, this guy... Robert Jordan had to have been a hoarder of all types of literature and mythology. It's just crazy.
0: And a voracious reader.
1: Absolutely. He
0: would have had to have been. And his ability to retain information is obviously far better than mine. (laughs)
1: Right? (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, I need pages of pages upon notes to keep myself focused. Rem-
0: remember anything. But, yep, but he same. he was
1: a big note taker, so hmm. maybe we've got that in common. Maybe. But it kind of comes back to this mysterious question of how like a peaceful group of Ogear ended up in Shanchen as a group of fearsome warrior guards
0: Right. We know
1: that the Ogier and the Westlands fought in the war, or the Trolloc Wars, possibly the war of power. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like I said earlier, there's always two sides to the coin, and the Death Watch guard is just so completely different in terms of culture than the Ogier and the Westlands.
0: I'm just wondering if they allow female Ogier in the death watch, to this guard? death watch guard because they allow for women soldiers
1: probably I mean I feel like they wouldn't if you want to join an army and you're a fearsome warrior why not right I mean I mean we see exactly how deadly
0: the female ogier are yeah in the last battle which we're going to talk about but I mean I agree it's just really it's it's a hard thing to shift to. Right. When you've been like looking at them as these I love my books. I take them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just want to sit under a tree and sing to trees. They're just such gentle creatures to think about them. And it feels like voluntarily. It feels like it would have had to have been a voluntary choice. I don't right. es- know. Especially if it, if it would have con-
1: been especially considering the Daco Vale and the Death Watch Guards are slaves, but right. the Ogier gardeners are free. Mm-hmm. So, how does that work? Right.
0: Yeah, because and then I'm wondering, would all Ogier have made this commitment to be a part of the Death Watch Guard? If so, is it a lifetime thing? Because right. I know Daco Vale are. So, would it be something like that where they have to? always be death watch guard yeah are there any and this is shanshan ogre right and <laughs> oh, that's or i mean
1: that's that that's really something that you would feel hesitant to sign up for because we know within the death watch guard if the person you are guarding dies mm-hmm. they all commit seppuku basically mm-hmm. and kill themselves yes so mm-hmm. this is not something that would be you know you wouldn't just lightly decide oh yeah i'm gonna go do this
0: yeah yeah it's it's really it's
1: it's a conundrum. It is. I like it. So I was trying to kind of think of you know why, where did the death watch guard come from? What what mm-hmm. was the draw? And so we know that there are many settings in the Shanchan lands, which make it would make travel a little bit less. Of a problem, because if there's no yeah. longing, you can go wherever you want within the Shanchen areas.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there would probably be every possibility that certain parts of human civilization right. would creep into setting areas. They would have to. right? Like so this- it would be more of a co existence yes. than what we see in the Westlands yes. as well. So you
1: maybe you could have Ogier architects, maybe there were Ogier writers and philosophers, maybe there were Ogier mm-hmm. warriors, and these yeah. were just the small percentage that decided we're going to fight. Mm. And I also wonder if there was possibly this appeal to the Chen unity because we know mm wherever the shangchen go yeah they ke- they kept slaves but people weren't going hungry and starving and mm-hmm. people were mm-hmm. generally not <laughs> this is so hard to say because yeah they had slaves but mm-hmm. there weren't problems of starvation or you know
0: they had they had this really paradoxical established Rule, yeah. Where it's like, like when they first come to, is Tanchico?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is Ibu Dar?
1: Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. When
0: it's when they come into Ibudar. That's right. So they come in and they are astonished and dismayed at the state of the city. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the first thing they do is set up. We're gonna clean it up for the poor. Yeah. Cleaning up the streets, literally setting up guards to make sure that people don't get into fights, which is not a good thing when you're in Ibudar. So it's just, yeah, there is a very strong sense of unity and the fact that what they do, they do in the best interest of others Mm -hmm. and have proof to show for it. But it is one of those things that has that dark underpinning mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's definitely something that we have seen throughout history over and over again. It's it only looks good on the surface.
1: Right, right. And I'm just wondering, maybe as we've seen with the Ogier in the Westlands, where they are really hesitant to get into the problems and the wars of humans and mm-hmm. all of this hasty madness that's going on maybe that was a draw for the ogier and Shan chen like everyone's kind mm-hmm. of things are i'm doing like air quotes air peaceful quotes. and <laughs> things are okay and
0: everyone's happy yeah and i mean in a way they've they have brainwashed everyone who is in there nation yeah. this is how it goes this is how things run smoothly like even the see channel the a, yeah they don't yeah the domine and the soldam like if if one of them was set free they would freak out and asked they asked to be collared again yeah we're like crazy frantic until they were collared again
1: and yeah they don't, they don't even realize that to be able to control the domen, dom, domane, domine 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 that they themselves have to be able to channel as well right they're they're so brainwashed so brainwashed it's
0: it's like a it's like a broken (laughs) broken mind to find out that these are the things that are actually connected and it's just it's i don't know yeah it's one of those things where it's only good on the surface and there are things where if you dismantle them would i want to say inevitably but i don't know if that would be right but would definitely cause a failing
1: of everything mm-hmm. that had been established right. up to that right. point. Right? Yeah, everything would just crumble once they mm-hmm. <laughs> once they saw the truth. But I think once they have a really big, this is my liberty moment yeah. in the musical. Yeah, this is the barricade <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: moment. The cl- the climatic.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Point. The Domine
0: and Saldam have realized right? that they they should be free. Mm-hmm. They start blowing things <laughs> up just for funsies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad! It's been four hundred years. Bailfire! I didn't Bail have fire. to
1: be fire.
0: <laughs> I didn't have to be a slave. Yeah. So I just I think I think that's fascinating. When we just totally just went off on a huge Shanchen.
1: Well, there's okay. Tangent, I've, I've got a little a little bit more. <laughs> please, please. So, There might be a connection to what happened during the breaking because Mm. what we know is during the breaking, there was a loss of studdings throughout the Westlands. Mm. And then that's when that big oh shit moment came along with the longing because there were no more studdings because everything went to shit. And then mm-hmm. we had all of these problems with the gear And I think maybe that's where this let's not be too hasty mentality comes from because they remember mm-hmm. they live mm-hmm. so long. They're like, we don't want to go through this longing again and not having our homes.
0: Yeah, like it could have very easily have been their parents or grandparents yeah. generation who remember. Right? What the breaking, right. and what it was like, and we're able to k- pass down an oral tradition or even right. a written storyline of what happened. So yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. and I can't for the life of me find anything on what happened in Shanchan Chan during the breaking of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's something mm-hmm. out there. I just couldn't find it. If someone knows, like, please send send us a message. But mm-hmm. if Shaan Chan was not as affected as the Westlands, mm. maybe that's why there was this cultural shift between the Ogier and the Westlands versus Shanchen. Because if the Shanshan lands weren't completely screwed up and the Steddings stayed put, maybe mm-hmm. that's where the whole change happened and where the two cultures split.
0: Well, and if I remember correctly... The Sean Chen set up as part of Arthur. I can't ever say it's Arthur Hawkwing.
1: Yeah,
0: Arthur Hawkwing's descendants. Mm-hmm. So that happens after the breaking, the breaking of the world. So the his descendants, their buddies, whoever, all decided to head off into the sunset. They found. The islands cause Shanchen is, is an island nation, right? I believe
1: so. I believe so. so.
0: I I think that's right. But then they stumble across this. Or and it's they at least across well, it's,
1: it's at least across the it's ocean. At least across the ocean. Yeah.
0: That's that's what we know for sure. I'm sure we will just have to do a Shanchen 101. Yeah. Educate ourselves and everyone else in the process. It'll be fun. <laughs> um I love the one oh ones. They're exactly like it's it's research. It's research and writing. It's my favorite thing. But what I'm trying to think of is What would have brought the Ogier at that point? Because like you said, they probably still very clearly remember the breaking of the world. But now there's a force that's coming in that's like, we're here and everything is now ours. Because we have Arthur Hawkwing's permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Ha ha ha! You guys belong to us now. And then somehow over the centuries, this weird empire established... Held up by slavery and lifelong commitments that can potentially end in suicide. Mm-hmm. This all evolved from Hawkwing's descendants, which is really bizarre. How did they get there? But yeah, I have to wonder like, what, when they arrived, were they like, hey, O'Gear? Yeah. We've heard you're total badasses. And uh, we like to conquer things and own things, mostly land. Well, uh,
1: so maybe it's like you said. Maybe with the settings being so numerous that there mm-hmm. were there was more intermingling with the mm-hmm. humans, that yeah. they just became nationalistic in their own Sean Chan way. <laughs> I
0: think I think that that's really possible. Yeah. Like one of the things that the Roman Empire did was once they. Once they established dominance and everyone agreed to be a Roman citizen, mm-hmm. you were considered a Roman citizen and you could still do pretty much whatever the fuck you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't like, we're going to make you change your religion. We're going to make you do these mm-hmm. things. We're going to deprive you of things because we really don't think you're Romans. In fact, we're going to give you stuff and you're going to think it's great. Like, that's kind of that same thing. And like the Shangjin do a very similar thing. Yeah, They let the the prince keep his identity as long as he agrees that i am now roman emperor <laughs> yeah. yeah i am now Shanshan. chan <laughs> exactly exactly like they came in and they cleaned up the streets they fed the the people who were hungry mm-hmm. they established a militaristic style of policing for the city so a crackdown on anything so what you're saying is like
1: shaon chan is the roman empire the white tower is like the germanic tribes <laughs>
0: yes I like it anyway that I I love I love where this has gone this has been really fun
1: yeah Mm. so I think I don't know was there anything that you wanted to add to that
0: I don't know I still I think I'm going to be sitting here kind of puzzling on the death watch guard like and how it happened just Shanxin 101. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna have to get into it. Maybe by that time, people will have answered some of our yeah, questions, so yeah. that would be really fun. That would be
1: awesome. But mm-hmm. I guess we can we can jump into the last battle, O'Gear.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I should have I should have grabbed the section in the book, but that moment when the O'Gear just like there start strolling. I was okay axes, when they are singing staffs.
1: and blood yeah yeah singing and slaughtering I cried That's
0: the name of this that's the name of this episode by the way <laughs> Singing and Slaughtering A Wheel of Time musical No
1: I was <laughs> I was moved to tears I thought that it was oh, no. just I mean it was gut wrenching like knowing mm-hmm. that these Ogear who with every last fiber in them, were hesitant to join in and be a part of anything having to do with bloodshed. Was like, okay, we yeah. have to do it, and then gave yep. everything that they had,
0: yep. totally committed. I, I, mean, I love, I love that moment when is it Elaine who yeah. asks how many? Yeah, it's in the, it was Elder Harmon. Is that right? Hammond?
1: Yeah, no it was John Hammond from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fresh. Such um, a good sound
0: clip. Regardless.
1: She she asks she asks how many Ogier are here to assist yeah. in the last battle. And he says and All of them. All of them. We're all here. All of them. And I yep. was like choking, like,
0: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they
1: yep. did it and they're I here. Mean, <laughs>
0: the way that the way that jordan transforms how they look as they're as they're doing this ugh. to like have their ears laid back and like them kind of like leaning reminds forward reminds me and, of
1: like a dog, you know, like when a dog is scared and they tilt their mm-hmm. ears back. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. ugh, goosebumps. Goosebumps.
0: It's so it's such a good scene like them going through that
1: chant or it, their songs that they're singing. They're singing. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then that moment when Loyal and Aerith are resting together and like she's sitting and has her head on his knee. And I'm sure they're both like splattered in blood and exhausted. But I can't imagine that they weren't they weren't also sad to the point of tears like you were that this is what they felt was necessary Mm -hmm. to do. And it just gives the Ogier such a it gives them a sense of humanity that goes past being yes, exactly.
1: Ways. That's such a Isn't great way of pointing, pu- putting that. Thanks,
0: thanks. Sometimes I say smart things, they <laughs> just roll roll <laughs> out of me.
1: I think at one point, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's Galad at one point who is absolutely mm-hmm. shook to his core while watching the ogier fight, and he's—I mean, he's—he's he's in. He's been Mm -hmm. a part of the goddamn White Cloaks. He's known Inquisitors. He has seen some messed up stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything that happened to his stepmother that he has heard about, all of this Mm -hmm. horrible stuff. And watching the Ogier fight, he was like, oh.
0: The world is really ending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it felt for me too. Mm -hmm. Because I think I think Galad has such a strong sense of what he feels Mm -hmm. is right and wrong, so black and white. Yes, that to see the Ogier make this completely unanimous decision to be a part of this fight, even though it goes against their instincts, like I'm sure Galad really felt that.
1: That's. You know what? I think I think why this is like what it's triggering for me is a <gasps> Battle of Helms deep moment.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Where even the creatures that thought that they would never get involved in this war was like, We gotta do it. And that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's
0: very much Tree very Beard.
1: Much. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So earlier, is it okay yeah, if, I, yeah. if I jump to like the, okay, cool. So earlier we had said something about the origins of the O'Gear and I was given some very reliable information from Reddit. <laughs> so everyone knows, I just, I don't want my sources questioned. Um, but someone had had asked, and I'm going to see, I think I have it on the, yeah. So the question was about the O'Gear and this person said, rereading the series and something Elias says about the studding he runs to with Perrin and Dequeen had me wondering. And so this is what Elias had said. But it's the studding that makes the Ogear, not the Ogear that makes the studding. And I probably just like glanced over that when I was reading it in the past, but reading it over this way while looking for this, I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I had to like see who said what. Um, and I think the first one. Let's see here. The first one that was posted said, a little late to the party. I don't know what that means. I'm sure it was, like, posted in whatever. This one says, when Nynaeve fights Mogidian, Mog, is that,
1: did I say it <laughs> right? Moggy,
0: Mog, <laughs> Moggy. Uh states that in her age, my thing, or anything was, any things were possible Regardless. Sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry about the, the grammar, guys. That wasn't my fault. Travel to other worlds, cities in the sky. Maybe interworld travel was common, and the O'Gear got stuck here explaining the long Yeah, because Mo'Gideon so, was like
1: spaceships. What about it? It was a thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, men traveled through the stars. Yeah. So who's to say they weren't able to, like, just pick up chunks of where they lived or had, like, some weird something that happened where the pattern, like twisted and blended them all together pocket worlds yeah intermingling and meshing yeah over each other um and then this one had said basically the same thing and he had just said like pockets of their home world
1: um and let's see here The Great Stump, they called, had a central issue, a debate on whether the Ogier should use an artifact called the Book of Translation to collectively mm -hmm. leave the world, leave this world, or whether they should stay and get involved in the last battle. Damn! Mm -hmm. This is taking a Mm sci-fi twist, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Very.
0: Ooh. Age of Legends, Wheel of Time sci-fi yeah well, that will jump from being fantasy to sci-fi <gasps> <gasps>
1: that's... Amber well that's like let's write that well that's what I I always kind of assumed because this is one of these common tropes where everything there was a greater age and more common mm-hmm. knowledge and much more things were possible and then some yep. catastrophe happens and we are setting the clock backwards
0: yep yep exactly exactly
1: Oh. So, yeah, the, yeah. who knows? The Ogier maybe came from a time where this travel was possible, and then after the breaking, this travel was not possible anymore, and they are stuck. Mm-hmm. And so their steadings like- are their last remnant of home because they do yeah. have their own tree. Mm-hmm. They, I don't remember what kind of tree it's called. Forgive me, but...
0: It's a big one. Yeah. It's a big tree.
1: Yeah, they have to... <laughs> There's a certain type of tree that they have to grow in their settings. So maybe that's Mm. kind of like their energy source from their home world. And maybe it it feels different. Yeah. And maybe this other source of magic and seed singing and all of this comes from this other world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that's uh, had something to do with Channelers and Another World and the O'Gear mm-hmm. and the Creature Crossover. Wow.
0: There's so much happening right yeah. now. I love I have too it. many
1: thoughts in my head, so I'm trying to collect <laughs> myself. <laughs>
0: it's so hard to do sometimes. I couldn't even read over something that I was looking directly at. You had to read it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, words, words. Yeah, that's how I felt. Thank you. Thank you so much for saving me. Um, should we jump to yeah, murder all? Yeah. Murder all. Murder all. Why? Maybe it sounds
1: like murder all. M-
0: okay. <laughs> I'm not going to hate on it anymore. Murder all. I think. Murder all. <laughs> I'm part of the murderall gang. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. I love that. I mean, especially since like that's just what they do. They just kill and they're hard to be killed. And then of course, I know I'm overthinking this, but I'm like, who makes all of their chainmail? Who makes all of their leather armor pads? Jerkins. Who does all of those things. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are they do they? Can pass? you imagine being the horrible being the leather worker that gets tasked with like fitting the merdral? Right. Worst job well, ever. Maybe,
0: maybe since they're all identical, you don't oh, have yeah. to like, fit them. You just need, you just need like one,
1: like nicer one that's not so angry. Be like, okay, hold out your arms. Let me take your inseam. Yeah, cool.
0: I was also just thinking, like, murder all stress eating, <laughs> and like my uniform isn't fitting quite as well as it should. Is it? It looks different on me than it looks on you. But we should all look the same. Fuck. ate too much. (laughs) No more more dark chocolate peanut butter cups for me. (laughs) Uh, Or Pop-Tarts. That's been dinner like the last two nights. Dude, I I would kill
1: for a Pop-Tart right now. I fucking love Pop-Tarts. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in probably six years. Really? They're not very common here. You can get them on Amazon, but it's like I'm not paying 10 euro for a fucking pack of Pop-Tarts. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, wow, that's hilarious and awful. I'm so sorry, because I fucking love (laughs) Pop-Tarts. And we just got this really nice new... We are sidetracking
1: ourselves from Mergerol to (laughs) Pop-Tarts. (laughs)
0: Pop-Tarts! Well, I did mention it in our Discord chat, so maybe that ties it back to... No, it doesn't. Never mind. Um, I just feel bad because I'm like, I'm Lars, mistress of the kitchens, and I'm laying in bed eating (laughs) Pop-Tarts. Hey, chicken, you know what? After a
1: long day of cooking, <laughs> do you think Mistress Laris is gonna like cook herself a rotisserie chicken? No. no She's probably watch. like oatmeal. I don't care. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just feed me something and let me
0: lay in my bed. Okay, so Murderall, Murderall. The possible connection to the one power, particularly Sadine, this is theorized to be some part of the fade's abilities. So my question is is what if it's the true source instead, and that's why it wasn't detectable to Agnor? Because that's what he was always looking for was a connection potentially to the One Power. He just figured that there was no way it was possible to do the things that the Fades were able to do without using the One Power. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm kind of wondering.
1: Okay. I think I always saw it as like... If you're okay, you're taking stock from the same creatures. Maybe the gene mm-hmm. pool gets a little inbred e type out. situation. <laughs> yeah. And if this is just some type of, hmm, I don't know, like cur- the one power getting corrupted to a it's point. a bastardized version. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: But I like. I like this other idea, too.
0: Yeah, and so I just I just wonder, like, Agnor, as, as far as we know of, had not been granted power to the true source, so he wouldn't have been able to see if that was somehow the effect that was happening. I personally think, like, kind of what we were talking about in the non-spoiler section, where it's, like... Um, well, this... The fact that they don't kind of phase right with time. Yeah, what? so what?
1: this is another weird thing with constructs, though, because we know that Merdral can't go through gateways, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is another one of those so weird, weird things with the one power where they it like they just can't be they they can't have Together. a being and they can't go through, so it's just like this weird conglomeration of fucked upness with the <laughs> one power. You know what I mean? Like it's just I
0: No, I think the f- the funnier part about that was I was actually thinking the fucked upness, and then you said it. And I was like, we spend a lot of time together. Oh, you like
1: that adjective?
0: I do. I do. I think we all need to use it more often.
1: Well, this is, um, I mean, it's just, it, the thing is, it's so gross. Like, the Murd draw mm-hmm. are really disgusting. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like, despite them having these weird capabilities of basically moving through space like shadows and slithering about and they Mm -hmm. can't cross water and I Mm -hmm. feel like them not being able to cross water is almost like a throwback to them not being able to go through gateways because how often is channeling described as like a flooding torrent of water Mm. or a raging stream or something. Wacky. Hmm. What an
0: interesting thought.
1: This is just, this is too much for my brain to handle though right now. <laughs> like,
0: I, I get it. I get it. I didn't really have anything else from Redraw that like bordered on spoiler
1: stuff. Drakkar? Drakkar? Just... Of
0: course. Drakkar? Of course.
1: <laughs> Do I get to talk about my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite battle moments I, of all I time? I really want
0: you to. I really want you to. Okay. It's such a good one.
1: So if you didn't watch our Battles episode with the Black Tower podcast and Malkier mm-hmm. Talks, this was one that I had chose as my favorites. And mm-hmm. this is just because of all of the things that are happening, we get all of these little shifts in the plot where Rodol I. Turalda is introduced and mm-hmm. I'm starting to really love the guy Mm-hmm. and we get outside of Maradon, all hell is breaking loose, and Trollocs have started catapulting dead bodies at Rodal I. Tyralda's forces, and everyone... What an
0: idea. Right? And what, like, the, the visual on that is... Right?
1: Ew. Yeah, just like these, you know, splattering, bloated... Yep. Trollic, Trollic bodies that already, corpses. yeah, they already smell bad. and
0: Another decay.
1: Yeah, and they're shooting Ugh. these at his army. And for one, this is just this like messed up psychological warfare where yeah. we had talked about like the creepy factor sometimes mm-hmm. gets lost. And this is one of the moments where I felt it. And then we find out that not all of the dead bodies are actually dead bodies. And it Mm -hmm. was Drakar shooting down from the sky, landing, and then Mm -hmm. getting up like risen corpses (laughs) to sing to the Mm -hmm. soldiers and like drawing them in to kill Mm -hmm. them. And I think this is just one of these cool moments where it, borders on horror and Mm -hmm. i think it's just really cool and i it's again where i think the dracar were utilized really well within the series Mm -hmm. considering they're kind of lost for a while at the beginning Mm -hmm. in eye of the world it's like dracar very scary everyone is Mm -hmm. freaked out then we go almost throughout the entire series and then they show back up in the end but this time they actually, like, have a purpose and do some damage. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that kind of gets, like, worked back in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, each time they've been used as attempted assassins in the book, it's almost disappointing. Like, they're only there for a moment, and then they're gone, or they've been killed. And it's like, okay. And I mean, also, to toss Jakar into the battle and hope, that one of them will be able to get to Rodal Itralda to be able to take him out of the battle. It, I mean, this feels as though
1: optimistic. Psychologically- yeah. <laughs>
0: right and kind of i mean we know dracar can't fight mm-hmm. we know that they don't wear armor and f- do they even wear clothes it feels like maybe they don't wear clothes i don't know i think they
1: i know most of the time it just they hold their wings so it looks like they're wearing a coat <laughs> you know like a jacket a leather jacket they
0: would be a nightmare for a tailor just a nightmare <laughs> get your <laughs> little
1: hold out your little baby t-rex arms
0: and your wings by the way i'll try i'll try to work around them um but also they can really only take on one person at a time.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you're and dropping them into the middle of a battle, like, what are they going to yeah. do? Hope for the best. So, so,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like psychologically, they're kind of showing that they have forces to throw away. Mm-hmm. Like, and they it, are literally reusing their Trollocs who are dead as a second attack. Right. If they're willing to do that, they're willing to just toss out Jakar.
1: And it also shows, like, how much of a target Rotal Eiteralda was, you know, Mm. how dangerous, how how much of a badass is this guy that you are going to use all of this in your arsenal just to get to him. Yep.
0: And he's already proven just, like, an utterly brilliant...
1: Tactician. Tactician.
0: Exactly. So he is... He is a major threat to mm-hmm. the forces of the dark, and, and it's, he's just so fun. His reaction to just like scream as loud yes, as he can was, so he
1: can't hear. Yes. It. I, I when I got How to smart. this, yeah, when I got to this part in the book, I was like, "That's it, he's dead, he's a goner." Like i got Me invested too. in this character. Yep, and now he's gone. And then exactly. he starts screaming so he can't hear mm-hmm. the Drakkar's song, and I'm just like.
0: Oh my guy I love yeah. you you're so smart so glad you're sticking around yep happy happy about it so yeah that's I mean as far as your cargo that's definitely their finest moment and it's not even really about them it's, right it's <laughs> I mean yeah. it is because of what happens but it's not like they were it's still not like they were used as a a fear tool mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, I just can't
1: imagine that. Like they were really pulling at straws at this moment. Like, what do we got? Yeah, what do we have?
0: Let's send out the dracar. <laughs> like. You know, you know, someone's gonna stab the drakkar in the back after it's done singing and it's sucking the soul out of another human being. And how long it's does it? This... like they can defend themselves. Yeah, and how long
1: does this process last? Like, how... does he
0: ask them to line up and wait? Yeah, is that part of the song? You just stand there for a while and wait till it's your turn. Right. It just it feels really wasteful.
1: Please create a cue. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> that was my crooning, my drakkar crooning. Um it was
0: very good. I think it belongs in the musical. <laughs> <gasps> Dancing your <Jakar.
1: laughs> And we're <Their> moving. <laughs> we're moving on to Trollocs before <laughs> I start choreographing a wing dance. <laughs> <laughs> And we've got to get through. Oh, tru- we've got to get through the fin as well. You
0: know, okay, so let's like the, the the only thing that I wrote down for the trucks because let's just face it, they are kind of filler. They are terrifying and they are gross and disgusting, but they are just kind of they're they're your bodies, your soldiers, your meat throwaways. for the machine. Exactly, exactly. That's what they are. But this. The- <laughs> This isn't even really about Trollocs, except that they were being f- fought against. Excuse me. <laughs> so nothing like a little dance with Trollocs to ready you for sleep, right? Avienda said Matt Cawthorn, and I, I, I don't remember if Avienda laughed at that, but it feels very Aiel humor. Oh
1: yes, one hundred percent.
0: I think Matt doesn't recognize that he has mastered Aiel humor and doesn't.
1: <laughs> he doesn't <it>. even know. <laughs>
0: Well, that's like when he does not know he's being that funny. Yeah,
1: that's like when he says we're going to rescue someone and put a snip, no, snip nose girl on the throne. On the throne. And he's like, oh, that's Avienda. Like, don't. <laughs> I can't remember. He's like, like don't
0: look at her cross.
1: Yeah. Or she'll or accidentally slit her own throat when trying to kill you or something like yeah. that. And she's just like, she just laughs at like him. A,
0: it's like a knee slapper. Yeah. Or a buckle. Yeah. Or- what is it that they carry? Their hide <laughs> bucklers that they bring there. Yeah, hooray! Good job. <laughs> I love the Iol, but there's some weird shit that they do. Um, I'm sure there, and I'm sure there's there's context for it out there somewhere of a culture that does stuff like that. I'm I'm sure if I thought mm-hmm. hard enough, I could find one. But it's just funny. Well, it's to kind me of like, a, like It's kind of like this a. This is how we say yes.
1: It's kind of like a dark humor too. Like they find sure. absolute delight and like. The fact that you might try and kill something and end up stabbing yourself instead, yeah. like, it's, knee like slapper. it's like gallows humor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and now I shall watch Snuffbox. Okay. Um, so let's let's go to The Finn. The Finn? I think we're gonna, yeah, I think we're going to dedicate the rest of our chat around The Finn. And I'm excited about this. Me too. I feel too. like this alone could be its own episode. But for now, I feel like I feel like this is good.
1: Okay. I'm excited. This will be yeah. It's our out? little it's our little baby intro into the fin. Yeah.
0: So I mean they don't show up until later, but it's nice. They're so fun to talk about. I'll let you I'll let you talk about it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so within the Wheel of Time, the fin are grouped into two different classifications. There's the ale fin and the eelfin. And from the wiki article, because I just really like it. We are near ancient, the warriors of final regret, the knowers of secrets, and isn't that fun? Yeah,
0: I wanna, I wanna be able to say something like that.
1: Yeah, I am the maker of cakes,
0: <laughs> the researcher <laughs> of the obscure, uh, the appreciator of gallows humor. There we go. Okay, I've got it. I should write that all, all down. Of the turn above. it into a tattoo. That's me. That's me. Oh. So
1: they are. Basically two groups. The mm-hmm. Aelfin are a snake-like people, and they will answer three questions of yours, of, of the asker, mm-hmm. but in return, mm-hmm. they will absorb the questioner's memories or experiences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's not like they're taking it, like ripping it from you, it's just like you, you get to share it with them now, which is kind mm-hmm. of creepy in its own. And then, and then the eel fin, which I really feel like this should be switched because eel sounds, like, more snake-like, but mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever. The eel fin <laughs> resember, res- resember, resemble fox-like <laughs> people. And the eel fin are, like, the genies of this world, and they will grant three wishes, but for an agreed-upon price. And, like, you have to be very careful because if you don't mm-hmm. agree upon a price – they will simply take something from you mm-hmm. and it's usually at the detriment of the person. So like Matt, yeah. like, oh, hope you weren't gonna use that eyeball because we're taking it now.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, that part.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. And Matt's like cool with it, kind of. <laughs> he's just like
0: he's so he's so very Matt like in that moment. Right. We're like, you know, if he gets a scratch, he makes a big deal out of it. If he breaks his foot, he just kind of takes it really stoically. Mm-hmm. So him having his eye ripped out was like, oh, well, I guess I have one eye now. Right. Cool. That hurts.
1: So, I, okay.
0: That's, that's his reaction. <laughs> that's exactly what he said in the book, too. You guys don't have to read that part now. Matt was like, okay, my, my eyeball hurts. My lack of eyeball hurts this is this is one of my questions yeah go for it yeah so what i was wondering when i was reading stuff over it is they talk about the treaty
1: mm-hmm. so
0: the agreement is that they will answer three questions or grant three wishes and there's a treaty that guarantees that the person who is on the receiving end won't be injured does that seem right because, I mean, they do end up, like, killing some people for asking foolish questions. So there's this, like, possible death sentence hanging over you when you walk in there if you ask mm-hmm. the wrong thing. But that's how it's always seemed to me is that it guarantees that what is asked will be received as long as long as, as long- it meets the needs of the Finn.
1: Right. As long, long as it seems
0: like that's the way that it goes. As long
1: as your question or request is not able to be misinterpreted by them Mm -hmm. because they they're a little bit they're a little bit of like an aes Sedai in this way Mm -hmm. where if you yeah if you are not as explicitly clear as -hmm. you can be they would be able to kind of like circumnavigate Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. whole question and kind of give you Something else, like if you're, you know, I mean, this is this is one of the things that come up when Matt is there. He's like, you know, he wants to be like, why are you playing games with me? But he Mm -hmm. he knows that he can't say something like that because then that will be counted as one of his questions. And then he's, you know, out of question. So it's just he feels
0: he definitely feels thoroughly tricked. Mm hmm. After his first trip into the door in Ruidian, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, with every reason to feel tricked, he was hanging by his
1: yeah, (laughs) his
0: his special spear staff thingy that he carries around. Yeah, I didn't really have anything to add to that. Just that like Matt felt tricked, and I think that's the thing that comes along with the Finns, is they're tricky. You can't trust them, mm-hmm.
1: and and that's the thing too. You have to always, you have to out always out trick them if you want to mm-hmm. make it out unscathed. So yeah, and that actually that goes in part with uh, what you wrote here: the children's game, how Oliver loves playing it, Matt hates it, but Oliver then wins the game at the moment that Matt is able to escape from the Tower of Genji with Moraine and Tom, the only reason mm-hmm. they were able to get out of there is because he outsmarted them mm-hmm. and he had to like trick them. And yeah, that's kind of like akin to cheating, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. He had the tool he needed to basically make his own way out. Right. And
1: that's that's essentially like that closing the, only- the board game and being like, I won.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not playing anymore. I'm leaving. Right. I can. I just quit the game. I win. I needed. (laughs) (laughs) No more chances for anyone else. (laughs) Right. Um, And I like. I like the little kind of chant that goes along with the game and how it relates to. I won't get into it too much, but I just really like the little courage to strengthen, fire to blind, music to dazzle, iron to bind, Mm -hmm. and. I love, love, love that for how it comes back into play so much later in the series. mm
1: -hmm. And this this really leads me into the next kind of topic, I guess. And this is the inspiration from the Fae. And Mm -hmm. I honestly, when I read this part of the books, I was like, oh, they're like the Fae. But I had also just came off of, like, a bender of reading a different <laughs> series. And this is, I don't know if anyone has read, like, the Mercy Thompson series. It kind of, like, borders on, like, cheesy romance at some points. But the <laughs> author does an exceptional job of bringing the Fae into the plot line. And there's a mm. lot of really cool twists and kind of new spins on these creatures you know like dwarves and goblins and elves and you really get the sense that she did some crazy research but I had just come off of this and then when I get to the finn I'm like oh the finn or the fay, like mm-hmm. clearly and this is going back to like before we get the disney treatment again like with shrek <laughs> yeah
0: or any fairy tale for that matter yeah
1: and so the fae were coming in all different shapes and sizes and some of them were benevolent some of them were evil some of them were just tricksters so mm-hmm. they they could be anything mm-hmm. and, and they weren't all little tinkerbells, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they usually had a magical capability of some sort and a fondness mm-hmm. for trickery. And yeah. some were thought to have even been a prehistoric race, but they shared many commonalities with the Finn. So our Fin reside in a realm that can only be reached through the Tower of Genji or through the twisted red doorframe in Tyr.
0: So weird. Like I just I think about like how were these door frames made? <laughs> Was this a gift from the Finn?
1: Right. Right. And this so is, many questions. And this is so similar to like how the Fey Realm is mm-hmm. in our, you know, mythology. They have yeah, their like you can Yeah, they have their own place where they stay. Humans yep stay away like they just like
0: fairy circles and things like that Yeah, they're separate separate Mm -hmm.
1: and this struck me when reading the books that the characters aren't allowed to bring an iron when dealing with the fae because this is Mm -hmm. throwback to cold iron being harmful to fairies yeah and this is one of the reasons why they stay in their realm is because they are essentially defenseless in an iron age where Everyone has iron, so what are they gonna do? They can't protect themselves. And I believe the fin, what is it? No iron, no musical instruments, instruments. and no fire? Source of light. Or light, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: No source of light. And this is all we see later on, why? Because they can't defend Mm -hmm. themselves against these things? So mm-hmm. I would assume, like fire, like if you're holding a, I don't know, lantern, yeah, like something that <laughs> could burn them. Produces,
0: well, yeah. I mean, Matt goes in with like the basically bombs from Aludra, but so he uses those, and it like, I mean, it definitely does. Right, what it's supposed but to this do. is, but
1: this is also like him using trickery because until it's 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 not a light source, it's a bomb <laughs> so like did he just you know
0: <laughs> well I think it's I think that in that case it would be dual purpose right it would be real bad for the people <laughs> who are in direct path and mm-hmm. real bad for the people who are behind them who would not who would then be kind of blinded and set back for a while yeah interesting tricky so many things to think about yeah
1: Matt is the perfect um oh my gosh, he is the perfect like antithesis to the Finn because they are so the same like they are such tricksters by nature Mm -hmm. so it's such a great storyline but and then give
0: him give him the memory of however many great tacticians in his in his head and maybe he's even more subconsciously tricky than (laughs) even he knows yeah you know
1: (laughs) yes i'm playing for keeps yeah i love it the um the next thing i'll kind of make quick because we're getting up to about the 2 hour mark <laughs> okay okay and this is the men theory and how it how to me i think it kind of ties in so there is an episode with Malkier talks and call me nakomi on Malkier talks podcast and it mm-hmm. is called Call Me Elfindreda because it shares <laughs> this theory that possibly men got her powers from being blood related to the Finn or perhaps in a bargain mm. with the Finn. Mm. And this comes right back around to, I feel like, a connection to the Fae. So Mm -hmm. fairies would very, very famously make bargains for children like Rumpelstiltskin. Mm -hmm. And this is a theme that happens all the time in these fairy tales. Yeah. And there is also a very popular idea within fairy tales of changelings. And this would be Mm -hmm. where a fairy had left one -hmm. of their own in the place of a child Mm -hmm. they take. Mm -hmm. So I was like thinking, oh my God, like this fits in so well with this Min theory because who's not to say like Mm -hmm. maybe there was a bargain made from her ancestors, like our family line wants to have the special power or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that would be something totally like pulled from an old fairy tale or the idea that maybe the Finn bargained for something and took what they want and in exchange for taking what they want they left like one of their own out in the yeah. world <laughs> and like men is a changeling <laughs> i don't know what an idea i think no it's, i like it i think it's fun and i think it comes back around to something that the finn like it feels it feels like something they would do right yeah
0: absolutely Absolutely. But I I mean, if it it if it involves a change of appearance, you know, and I mean, what's to say that there wasn't some poor Finn out there who fell in love with a human? Right. I mean, that happens in fairy tales and things all the time. Well, that's definitely thinking of like the Little Mermaid. Well, that's
1: exactly like what a changeling would be. I mean, like if you it would it would be putting like someone with thin blood out into the world and this person Mm -hmm. goes their whole life thinking like oh maybe I'm a human has a family and then this family keeps this like innate ability this magic ability and that's passed on through men's family or something
0: Eh. (laughs) I like it that's my oh man. that's my
1: fun I'm I'm adding on to this fun theory but if you like that go check out Malkier talks because that's a really fun episode with call me Nakomi. Well,
0: and yeah Felicia is just so nice from call me Nakomi like so nice yeah <laughs> we need to schedule something with call me Ni- Nakomi again and with Rob we've been talking about that for like months now I love this idea um. The last thing that I wanted to add on to this, and this actually builds on again at Jordan's knowledge of weird, bizarre things, which is that the Finn have a similarity to...
1: Mm, I love consu-
0: this. Is it Kitsune? Kitsune, which are fox-like creatures in Japanese mythology. And they are said to have magical powers such as divination, foretelling, and the ability to weave vast illusion. Which is also very interesting because a vast illusion means making myself look like a human being Mm -hmm. and not a
1: fin. Mm -hmm. What's to say? Yeah. What's... (laughs) What's Mm -hmm. to say they're just not out there in the world creating families?
0: Yeah, and we don't (laughs) know about it. And Yeah, their weaving of illusion makes them look like humans. Um, They're also described, this is for the Kitsune, Kitsune, I'm sorry, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. They are also described as being tricksters, but like the fin, they are known to keep their word. So, and I think we kind of defined that for a fin to keep, their word, it's basically whatever they say their word was when it happened. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, when it's really when we get to the books, the book part about the finn, we will definitely go into their background some more because we're just running out of time. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and we should see if snakes and foxes wants to join us.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. okay.
0: I'm
1: I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to wrap up now. And that's (laughs) it. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community.
0: Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes.
1: We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalan.